Welcome to Not A Christian Podcast. It's not a Christian podcast. It's a podcast that happens to be Christian. In this podcast, we tell stories, we talk about life, faith, and pretty much anything else you can imagine. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Welcome back to the show. It's Not a Christian Podcast, episode 96, right here on Friday, June the 2nd. June is here. It's officially summer. Hope it's going well for you. I know part of me, like every summer, because that's something interesting about, like, depending on your career choice, is like, it's always blown my mind that some people, like in summer, nothing changes for them. Like if you have a, just a job where you do the same thing year round, my schedule has always, ever since I was a child, it's always revolved around like the school schedule because I've either been a student, went to college, worked in college ministry, uh, went to grad school. So I've always had summers and of course summers look different now. I still work every, every like weekday, uh, still a normal schedule. Uh, however, it's just a little bit slower. I talked about this last week a little bit. It's a nice change of pace, but something else I've started doing. Um, I've been going to the gym again, and I started pretty well at the beginning of the year, and then in the spring, I just kind of tapered out. Uh, but I've been going back lately, and it's been good. And I, I do mostly cardio, or pretty much all cardio, because I talked about this on the show a few months back. I like I did something to my leg back in September where I just I was chasing my nephew and I just felt like this pop in the back of my calf and I was like kind of limping around for a couple of days and eventually felt better but every time I would try to go running again because that's always been my preferred mode of exercise just like running outside it would hurt again and since you know I felt that pop I was like well this can't be good I guess it was a pulled muscle or something so at the beginning of the year I decided I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do an elliptical every day or every time I go to the gym and yesterday I was doing it and that that pain in my leg has not come back however yesterday it was like in the lower like the lower part of my calf however yesterday kind of in the upper part of my calf as I was doing the elliptical in the last few minutes it was hurting and so I just kind of ignored it like oh it's just muscle pain and then as soon as I was done I stopped I was still standing there like on the elliptical and I like extended my foot downward just to kind of like stretch it out a little bit and I experienced the worst muscle cramp I've ever experienced in my whole life in my calf. It took all I had not to like scream out in pain right there in the middle of the gym. And I was just stuck there on one foot on the elliptical because I couldn't move. Like I couldn't even walk. And after like a minute, I realized like, oh, it's just a cramp. But at first I thought I'd like officially like pulled the muscle or like ripped it in half. And I wasn't going to be able to walk out of the gym. I was going to have to have someone carry me out to my truck. But so I was just standing there. <laughs> and just like planning out like okay how am I going to walk out of this gym uh, without having to like crawl across the floor uh, but of course it quit hurting well it was still sore for the rest of the night but I could actually walk like after a minute um, I looked down at my leg at one point and you could tell the muscle was just flexed um, it hurt <laughs> it was a bad muscle cramp but I feel better today so it's all good and uh, I looked up you know, what are the causes of muscle cramps? And one of them was not drinking enough water. And as, as I reflected on my day yesterday, I realized like, oh, I drink 
a cup of coffee in the morning and then like a glass of tea in the early afternoon and I, I didn't drink any water all day. So that's probably why my muscle cramped up. Uh, so lesson learned, drink more water. Uh, that's a lesson you can learn as well. Do you ever have experiences where you feel like it's just normative across like the human experience and it's just like small average everyday things that you do or you experience or things you like and you've never actually confirmed if other people like it but you just assume they do well i figured out a couple things recently via instagram poll the first of which i was in a hotel a few weeks back and i came in one night and you know they have like the free complimentary water and sitting there beside the water canister was those little paper cups, those cone cups. And I was just like, oh heck yeah, water tastes so much better out of these things. And then I realized like, is that just my opinion? That water out of those little paper cups, you can get like, you get like one gulp out of it, but it's, it is so satisfying. I was like, is, does everybody feel the same way? Or is that just me? Because to me, when I see water served in one of those things, it's, it's an experience unlike any other. So I asked you guys, are those little cone cups the best way to drink water? Is it the most elite water drinking receptacle in existence? And 69% of you said that it indeed was the best way to drink water. So I just thought that was cool that even though I'd never like confirmed that before, that other people think like, yes, this is the best way to drink water. Another thing, Standing at your fridge at night, like with all, with the lights are off, so you're only illuminated by the soft glow of that refrigerator light bulb, and you're looking for a snack, and you see that that bag of shredded cheese sitting there, and you're just like, that is going to hit the spot now. So you take it out, and you just like start eating it right out of the bag. You don't even close the fridge. You don't even walk away. In fact, if somebody were to go and get a bag of shredded cheese and just like take it to their couch and start watching TV while eating it out of the bag, I would think that person was a psychopath. However, if you stand there and eat it at your fridge, like there's nothing wrong with that. that that's actually a pretty normal thing, I think. So I, I wondered like, do other people do this? So I asked a poll that was basically like, do you do this same thing? Do you ever stand at your fridge and just eat shredded cheese out of the bag? And 64% of you said you did. So it is like a normal human thing to stand there at your fridge with the door wide open just eating cheese out of the bag. So the next time you're doing that and you're feeling bad about yourself, just remember, a lot of people do it. The majority of the population does this. So don't feel bad about it. Those are just some, some normative human experiences. Speaking of cheese... I'm going to tell you a little story. Go talk about something, I guess, that, that goes way back. When I was in high school, me and my friends, we were obsessed with this. And this is an event that happens once a year held in the United Kingdom. And is the Gloucester Cheese Roll. Where basically this, this seven-pound wheel of double Gloucester cheese is rolled down a hill. And it's a very steep hill. It's called Cooper's Hill uh, in England. And th they roll the cheese down, and the cheese gets a one-second head start. And then a bunch of people, like, chase after it and try to catch the cheese. This has been going on for, since, like, the 1870s, I believe. And nobody has ever caught the cheese. So the way they determine the winner is basically 
the the person that gets to the bottom of the hill first and whoever gets to the bottom of the hill gets to keep the cheese uh, it's about 200 yards down the hill and like i said it's steep you go look at videos of this uh just look up england cheese roll and you will see this hill watch videos well there was this one girl this year her name was Delaney Irving. She is Canadian. She's 19 years old. And you can find the video of it on YouTube. But this girl was running down this hill and she like caught air. She went airborne because she was going so fast. And she just like slams her head on the ground, gets knocked unconscious. But she still wins the race. She still gets to the bottom first because she was going so fast. So she won the cheese roll. She said, I just remember hitting my head and now I have the cheese. So this, this whole event is crazy. This cheese wheel, it was known to reach speeds of 70 miles per hour. So just imagine, and there were, there's spectators gathered all around. Like I said, you can look at the videos. This is a big deal. And sometimes the cheese would go rogue and like knock spectators down and injure them. So in 2013, they actually replaced the cheese with a foam, like a foam replica of the cheese, but the winners still get like a real block of cheese. So it, it it's that's kind of disappointing. That's kind of lame. It, it is it is what it is, I guess. I think the spirit of the whole race remains. And there's this one guy. His name is Chris Anderson. He's a British Army veteran, and he has won. 23 of these races now there are five races every year and you're able to enter multiple of them i don't really know how it works uh, as far as like i know i know there's men's ones and there's women's races and you can you can enter more than one and he has won this thing 23 times so as we think of like who are the greatest athletes of all time chris anderson he's right on up there because you you go and look at these videos and like right now as i'm telling you about it you're probably thinking it's not a big deal but go and look up these videos and you will see like this is a this is a tough event you have to be a tough person to participate in the gloucester cheese roll nobody's really sure like how or why the cheese roll started back in the 1800s but i'm glad it did and like i said me and my friends we used to be obsessed with this when we were in high school we would watch the videos like all the time and and believe me if you start watching these videos you will be you will be enamored by it you could go for hours watching these videos and that's exactly what we used to do and this event happened like just last weekend and so of course my friends nathan and jamie from high school we used to always always say like we were going to go do this one day we haven't thought about it or talked about it in a long time so when i saw the video of the the woman delaney who like knocked herself out and still won i sent it to them and i was just like like what a legend this woman is and uh you know they this we we talked we said it's still something that maybe one day we'll go do and i would love to go to the united kingdom just to say i, I chased this wheel of cheese down a hill but it it is a scary thing because go go look at the videos it's it's quite terrifying <laughs> quite scary just one more thing before we get into the main part of the show uh, be sure to go and vote there's qualifier voting going on right now for the summer tournament and qualifier voting is basically we're voting on the songs that will make it into uh, the the bracket just a few minutes ago before I recorded this segment, 
I worked out what the 1 through 12 seeds are going to be. So the 13 through 16 seeds are what's being determined by those qualifier voting. Uh, And then hopefully soon, probably by Monday, we'll do like a bracket reveal and you'll get to see the whole thing. You'll get to see what songs uh, made the tournament. So it's going to be an exciting tournament. This tournament, I honestly have no idea how it's going to go. I think it's going to be one of the harder ones to predict, which will make for a very exciting bracket challenge. You don't want to miss out on it. So whenever the bracket does come out, just look for details on how to enter. It'll be the same as usual. Once again, everybody who who beats me will win the Not A Commercial Podcast sticker, and the overall winner will win a $25 Amazon gift card. Uh, so you don't want to miss out on your opportunity to do it. You might as well fill one out, see what happens. This could be the most chaotic tournament in history. And man, there are some bad songs out there that have been written. And last time I expressed that I decided I wasn't going to do like Christian songs. And I'm glad I didn't because as it was, I think I finally got it down to 96 songs. And we're taking those and getting it down to 64. So it's going to be a great tournament. Be sure to enter a bracket. Uh, Just to give you a little roadmap of where we're going. Uh, This is kind of a fun episode where pretty much the rest of the time I'm going to be talking about some Instagram polls that we did about liking or loathing something. So you guys submitted some stuff. I came up with some stuff like very normal things that you irrationally hate. And I let you guys vote on them. Do you like these things? Do you actually hate these things too? In this episode, uh, we talk about doing the wave at sporting events, sporks, the Enneagram, uh, Instagram for dogs. I do a little ASMR segment. So if you don't know what ASMR is, oh, you are in for a treat. Uh, it's a fun episode today. So let's go ahead and jump into it. A few weeks ago, actually, I did them in like two chunks. Uh, I asked you guys to submit some things that you, some like normal things that you hate irrationally. And you guys submitted a bunch. I came up with a bunch. Uh, all in all, there are 31, so I'm not sure if we're going to have time to get through all of them. Uh, but if not, we'll we'll like cut this segment in half, do the rest of it next week. But uh, basically what I did was I took those things that you guys irrationally hate, and I decided to poll everyone else on if they irrationally hate them or not. So I gave you something, and I said, do you like it or love it? Are you indifferent towards it, or do you loathe that thing? So what we're going to do is we're going to go in order of least hateable to most hateable. So we're going to ramp it up all throughout. Uh, So to kick off the list, this was a submission. So this is the least hated thing of the things that were submitted, but it was people saying, what's up? Actually, 0% of you. (laughs) This one got zero votes that said they loathed it slash hated it. 55% of you said you were indifferent. 45% of you said you liked it or loved it. And I didn't really know why this... I don't remember who submitted it, but I don't really know what's wrong with saying what's up. I say what's up, and like after reading this, I was like, oh crap, I was self-conscious. But then, then, then we took it to a vote, and nobody actually hates it, except for the one person that submitted it. And I guess that one person that submitted it didn't vote. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, we're good. All all of the what's up sayers out there, you're fine. Uh, the majority of people are indifferent towards it, and a lot of people actually said they like it slash love it. Uh, so people saying what's up, the least hateable thing on this whole list. Next up is one that I came up with, and I guess I should have specified, but it was just printers. Uh, only 5% of you say you loathe printers. I hate printers. 
printer, everywhere I've ever gone, everywhere I've ever worked, there has been a printer that has been probably my biggest nemesis. The biggest antagonist in my life is not another person. The thorn in my side, wherever I go, is always a printer. And it never, it never works correctly, and it's always inexplicable. It always, you know, like the paper jams in it for no reason. Or it just decides like, hey, the printer's not working. There's nothing you can do about it right now. I absolutely hate printers. I have terrible luck with printers. I don't know if that's everybody. Just nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about how frustrating their experiences with printers are. But for me, that's... I hate printers. 5% of you said you hated them. 54% said you were indifferent. And 41% said you liked and loved them. I like the... Pro I, in theory, I love printers. If printers would just work correctly the first time, every time, but that is not the case, so I detest printers. Next up, this one is kind of surprising. This is another one of my submissions. Soccer fans. I cannot stand soccer fans because you say the word soccer and they're like, oh, you mean football. No, I don't mean football. This is America. We don't call it football here. Soccer is the most boring sport on the planet. I don't care. Like, there's, there's no argument that it is not. And then the worst thing about soccer, the worst thing about it, well, no, there are a lot of bad things about it. One of the worst things about it is that we only pretend to care about it like once every four years, right? When the World Cup rolls around, USA didn't even make the World Cup last time. I don't know when the next World Cup is, but last time USA didn't even make it. So it was like a gap where we didn't have to pretend to care about soccer for a little bit. Uh, and that's fun. And then, you know, back when I would watch, I don't really watch hardly any TV at all these days, but when I would watch like sports talk shows, sports highlights, they would do like the top 10 plays, and the number one play would always be like a soccer goal that is literally like every other soccer goal you have ever witnessed in your whole life, and people who pretend to like, it's it's one of those things where since it's it's like an international thing, like we have to pretend to like it, we can't just say like, you know what, maybe the rest of the world just has terrible taste in sports like we can't say that so we have to like celebrate it be like yes soccer is the greatest sport in the world i don't know why it's the most popular sport in the world probably because it takes very little equipment and pretty much anybody can play it um, but soccer is terrible and their fans are even worse soccer fans have this air of superiority about them when their sport is actually garbage and boring and no one cares it's one of those things where people think people think that other people like are admiring them because they're a soccer fan but in reality no one cares only seven percent of you also hate soccer fans uh 71 percent of you are indifferent 22 percent said you like or love them moving on sticking with the sports theme this is another one that i submitted a lot of these i submitted especially these ones that aren't very hateable i just dislike some very uh specific things that no one else seems to dislike but the next one is doing the wave at sporting events. This one, 8% of you said you hated this, 51% of you said you were indifferent, and 41% of you said you liked or loved it. Here's my issue with the wave at sporting events. First of all, stadiums, like the actual sports teams, ask fans not to do it because it's distracting to players. Like in baseball, if the wave is going across like center field right as the pitcher is throwing the ball it's distracting to the batter you know if you're sitting there trying to hit a ball and in the bat the background is moving that is inevitably going to inhibit your ability 
to do your role. So you doing the wave at a sporting event is actually uh, deterring your chance, your team's chances of winning. And then, like, you go to a baseball game, like, every Rangers game, the wave gets going. And it's always people who, like, there's always somebody that has to start it, right? And it's somebody that doesn't have the uh, maturity to sit there and pay attention to a nine-inning baseball game to where the sixth or seventh inning rolls around and they're bored, so they have to make themselves the center of attention and start rallying the troops together uh, to do to do the wave. It's always the same kind of person. It's always the same person at every baseball game I've ever been to that that tries to get the wave going. And it's like like I said, it's always somebody that doesn't have the mental capacity to pay attention to a nine inning baseball game. So they have to distract themselves and then try to distract other people uh, to try to do the wave. Um, and it's just, it's stupid. It doesn't accomplish anything. And everybody thinks they're really original. Like, you know, you go to a baseball game, like, bro, last night was a movie. We started the wave. Like, no, last night was not a movie. Every baseball game that's ever been played has had the wave involved. The wave is dumb. And the only time it wasn't dumb was when the tradition first started. I believe it was at Wrigley Field with the Chicago Cubs. And it was like a unique thing to the Chicago Cubs. Then other people found out about it, like, we should do this too. And now it's something that happens at literally every professional baseball game you ever go to. In conclusion, the wave is dumb. You should stop doing it. And the 8% of you who also said you hated it, y'all are my kind of people. <laughs> Next up, another one of my submissions, uh, store-bought tortillas. I'm talking about like Mission brand or any brand of tortilla that you can you can buy on a grocery store shelf. You take it home. It sits in your pantry for like three months, and there's not a spot of mold on those things. There is something unnatural going on here, and I don't like it. And the taste of a store-bought tortilla, I'm not talking about like... You know, HEB makes their tortillas fresh in the store, and then you can buy them. They have a shelf life of like three days. It's ridiculously short. But that's how you know it's good and there's no preservatives in there. So just eat a dozen tortillas in three days, and you're going to be fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like I said, the prepackaged ones that come from an assembly line, a factory, and they don't grow mold for three months. Those tortillas are the worst. I do not buy them. I will not buy them. I think for any like burrito or taco or whatever you use a tortilla on, a tortilla a tortilla is like the first, it's the first impression, right? Whenever you put a burrito in your mouth, what is the first thing your your tongue makes contact with? It's that tortilla. So you can't, you can't skimp on the tortilla. You got to go like homemade. Go to a Mexican restaurant and buy their homemade tortillas. Or go to HEB, buy the bakery tortillas. Those are fine. Those are great. Go to the refrigerated section and buy the ones that are uncooked, where it's just like they're already flattened out for you. All you got to do is put them on a, on a hot skillet for like 90 seconds aside. That's That's it. There are so many alternatives to these crappy store-bought tortillas, and I... I'm tired of it. I'm tired of these store-bought tortillas. I'm tired of them ruining all the Mexican food I've, I've eat. There's, there's just no need to buy them. And only 11% of you said you hated them. 48% of you said you were indifferent. 41 said you liked or loved them. Uh, but I'm here to tell you, if store-bought tortillas have been like your, 
your only impression of tortillas, you, you are missing out on so much in life. There is, there's so much better out there for you. You can do much better. That's what I'm saying. Next up is someone submitted this one. It sporks. Uh, only 13% of you said you hated them. 46% indifferent. 41% said you liked or loved them. I don't really understand why someone would hate a spork. Maybe it's like a you know, DTR kind of thing, you know, define the relationship. Like, what are we? What are you? Are are you going to be a fork? Are you going to be a spoon? What is, like, like, what is this? How do I use you? And here's the thing about it. I don't hate sporks. I'm indifferent towards sporks. Actually, I feel like I used more sporks when I was a kid than I have as an adult. So a spork is kind of a nostalgic thing for me. But a, with a spork... The little, the little prongs on the end, they're absolutely useless because I've never seen anybody actually like stab something with those little prongs. Like I've never seen somebody use it like you would a fork. Spoon, sure, like you scoop stuff. You, you could eat cereal with a spork. A little bit of milk would pour out. You know, you can eat anything you would use a spoon for. A spork is sufficient with like a little bit of weakness. However, I've never seen anybody use a spork as a fork. Those prongs have never once been used in all of human history. That They have never been utilized like you would utilize a fork. So maybe that's why people hate them, just because the little prongs are absolutely useless. That's my guess. Uh, I don't hate sporks. I, I'm indifferent towards them. I just think they're frivolous excess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sporks, not that bad. But if you hate them, I understand. I understand. I might start hating on sporks just, just to go against the grain on that. Next up, we've got, this one actually ended as a tie between uh, like and indifferent. 41% of you said you liked them. 41% of you said they were, you were indifferent. And only 18% of you said you hated the plastic separator bar at the grocery store. That like, you know, you walk up to the register on the conveyor belt and you put the plastic thing between your groceries and the next person's groceries. And I don't know why anybody hates this. I like this thing. Uh, it, it creates some order and it re like relieves some anxiety at the grocery store of like what, you know, if, the, if they weren't there, it's like, what if they start ringing up my groceries with this person in front of me? Or what if I end up with something from the person behind me? But 18% of you said you said you hated them, so I guess there's something to it, and I don't know if it's, like, you feel, because honestly, I guess the one thing I do feel is, like, when I am in front of some, like, somebody walks up behind me at the grocery store, and they're starting to put their stuff on the conveyor belt, usually the, the plastic bar is not within their reach, so it's, like, you're obligated, if you're the person in front, to take the bar and put it behind your groceries, and sometimes it can be, it can feel like you're doing it aggressively. Like I wouldn't recommend making eye contact with a person while you're doing it. I feel like that comes across as aggressive uh, or, or like you're really annoyed at that person. Like, how dare you make me do this? Um, but then again, if you don't look at them, it just looks like, you know, you, you'll, you'll pick it up and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm having to do this for this person. Like, I'm not even going to look at you right now. So I guess either way, it feels like you're, you're being passive aggressive or just, outright aggressive so maybe that's why people don't like them they don't like being put in that social situation uh but overall i would, I would say i'm indifferent towards the plastic separator bar at the grocery store but i i'm trying to understand why people hate them so if you're out there and you hate those things you're one of the 18 percent just tell me why you hate them 
Um, I I would love to know. Next up, we've got baked chicken wings. 22% of you said you hated them. 53% indifferent. 25% like slash love them. This was another one of my submissions. Uh, baked chicken wings are gross. They're disgusting. Why would you ever bake a chicken wing when you could deep fry them? Are baked wings healthier? Yes. Are they worth it? No. You go to a plate, you go to a restaurant, any self-respecting restaurant does not bake their chicken wings. And if they do, I will, I will, I will leave. I will walk out. I will dine and dash. (laughs) Not really, but I've never dined and dashed. Have you ever dined and dashed? Let me know in the comments. Send me a DM. Let me know. But baked chicken wings are so unnecessary. And there's really there's really not much more to be said. Like frying them is the is the preferred method. It is the superior method. And if you're going to bake them, you don't even need to waste your time because they always turn out soggy and gross and life is too short to eat soggy gross baked chicken wings. That was another one of my submissions. Another one of my submissions. No, I think several people submitted this one, actually. Enneagram. 28% of you said you hated it. 48% indifferent. 24% said you liked or loved it. I personally, towards the Enneagram itself, I am personally indifferent. I think it can be a useful tool, but I think Enneagram culture just takes it way too far and people base their life around what this scale says they are like like this one number like oh I'm a four therefore I can can embrace all the terrible things about myself and not have to try to change because I'm just a four and that's just what fours do I know I've talked about this on the show before Enneagram culture is the worst people take it way too far as with anything they just get obsessed with it and then it's like they can't talk like they cease to be a normal person Uh, an Enneagram person is like the the social equivalent to a multi-level marketing a pyramid scheme person where you know like all their social media posts are now about this this crappy dietary supplement they're now selling well that's what enneagram people are like when they find out about the enneagram that's like where all their conversations point to like you're talking about somebody like oh well he's a seven that's that's just what sevens do or oh i bet she's a three because of shit because of this this and this like shut up like stop like if you want to read the enneagram and try to be like self-improved person because of it that's fine but don't don't drag other people into it and also if you're one of those people who says like the enneagram is demonic because of its roots like get like get over yourself because it's oh man we could go into that for a while but i'll just say that get over yourself next up one that i submitted half sheet paper towels 28 percent of you said you hated them 23% indifferent, 49% of you said you liked them. So the reason I hate half-sheet paper towels is because most often when I need paper towels, I need like a full sheet. And up until, when I was a a kid, there were no such thing as half-sheet paper towels. So you would go to rip off a paper towel and it was a full-size one. So if you're one of these Gen Z kids out here, you may not even know what I'm talking about. Maybe a half sheet paper towel to me is a full sheet paper towel to you because that's what that's all you've known for your whole life. But basically those little like six inch wide paper towels, they used to be twice that wide. And every paper towel you bought was, was that way. And then all of a sudden, probably like 15 years ago, they started doing this half sheet crap 
And so you try to pull one off because you need a full sheet, but you rip off a half sheet. And then you have to rip off another half sheet, and it's it's not the same when it's two half sheets that are separated from each other as if you just had a as it would be if you just had a full sheet to use. So half sheet paper towels are the worst. They are very often not enough and and they always rip off too easily with the half sheets. So don't come at me and say, We'll just rip off a full sheet if you don't like the half sheets. I've tried and it doesn't work. And we need to go back to the full sheets. And there's only, when you go to the grocery store, there's only like one or two brands that still do the full sheets. And I just really wish, I really wish we as a culture could go back to that. And on another note, while we're talking about paper towels, something that will sucker me into buying a paper towel every single time is uh, if it's got like the designs printed on them, like pictures of like, I don't know, watermelon or just something that reminds you of the summer. There's like a certain kind of nostalgia associated that with that for me. So if they put that on there, I'm buying them. I have a, I have a pack right now. I'm staring at them from across my apartment. They're just sitting over there. And I was suckered into buying them because they have like designs of a... I don't even know what's on them. But they're colorful and I like them. And it reminds me of being a child. So I bought them. Uh, anyway, next up we have Styrofoam. Styrofoam. 28% hate it. 59% indifferent, 13% said you like or love it. Uh, this was one that someone else submitted. I don't know what the issue with styrofoam is. Maybe it's the noise that it makes when you like rub two pieces of styrofoam together. That is pretty bad. I don't like that. But I don't think I don't think it's enough to tarnish the reputation of what styrofoam has done as a whole. You know, we got styrofoam cups, styrofoam boxes, uh, styrofoam packing that protects your electronics when they're in the box. I think styrofoam has done great things for us as a society, and I'm not going to say I hate it. Although it is probably bad for the environment, it is probably not very sustainable. Maybe that's why people hate it. I don't know, but styrofoam, I'm largely indifferent towards it. Next up, we've got Instagram for a dog. 45% of you said you were indifferent to it. 25% said you like or love it. 30% of you said you hated it. I also hate this. Instagram for dogs, it's dumb. If you have an Instagram for your dog, I'm sorry. That is is stupid. Um, Nobody cares about your dog as much as you care about your dog. I can guarantee you that. And your dog is not a person. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this later. Uh, But your dog is not a person, does not need to be treated as such, does not need to have a social media account. Dog Instagrams. Ugh, I don't want to say this. Could, this might be this might be mean, but okay. So there's a lot there's a lot of moving parts here. Obviously, an Instagram for a dog is not operated and run by the dog. Everybody knows that, right? They are they are run by the dog owner, not the dog mom, not the dog dad. Because having a dog does not make you a parent. But the dog owner runs the Instagram account, but they do it as though the dog is the one posting and the dog is the one writing the caption. So they post a picture of themselves and their dog on the dog's Instagram account on behalf of the dog and talks about how great the dog's life is and how much they love their quote-unquote mom or dad. So like, I feel like this is just the owner's attempt at validation 
right? Because they can speak for the dog because the dog can't speak for itself. They can post for the dog because the dog can't post for itself. The dog's not going to tell them, hey, I don't want you to post that. That isn't true. No one's telling them that. So if I can feel like a better person or like I'm accomplishing something by my dog having an Instagram and hyping me up on it, I'm all about it. So anyway, Instagram for dogs, it's dumb. Can't believe only 30% of you said you hated it, but here we are. Next up, we've got anime. Anime, for those of you that don't know, is like a Japanese style of animation, um, and it's it's terrible. It is awful. 32% of you said you hated it. 47% indifferent. 21% uh, said you liked or loved it. I can't, I can't believe some of these, like Instagram for dogs and anime, that so many people just sit there and say I'm indifferent towards it. These things are the worst. Anime, once again, it's not the, well, it is the shows themselves. Anime, anime is bad. Anime is not good. But the culture around it, like people take anime and they make it, they make it their entire personality to where their vocal cadence and their actions and their topics of conversation, it's like they're pretend, they, they want to be a person in an anime. They're pretending they are. And everybody else just gets sucked into this illusion. And it's just, it's just weird. It's just odd. Anime culture is very strange. Um, like Pokemon is an anime. Uh, Naruto is an anime. And those are probably the only ones I know. Uh, and they're, they're insufferable to watch. And then there are some like adult animes that are equally as insufferable. Uh, but, but people, people really like them. You know, they've crossed over many cultures. So, uh, what do I know? I'm just, just an idiot with a podcast. (laughs) Next up, we've got ASMR. 60% of you said you were indifferent towards it. 32% 32% you said you hated it, 8% said you liked or loved it. And I think the reason why this one, there's no way the majority of people, there's no way 60% of people are indifferent towards ASMR. They probably just select that because they don't even know what it is. But ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And basically what it is, actually instead of telling you what it is, Let me just do a little sample section of ASMR here. Get ready. Hey, everybody. It's Kyle here on the brand new Not a Christian Podcast segment called ASMR with Kyle. I'm going to make some really soothing noises and you're going to like it. You're going to love it so much. So here we go. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, that was soothing, right? to hear this. You thought that was great? I bet you did. Check this out. And that was the new section of, of 
Not a Christian podcast called ASMR, and it's going to be a part of our weekly routine uh, right here at Not a Christian Podcast. So I hope you liked it. But anyways, that's ASMR for those of you who were unenlightened. Uh, it's incredibly, it's it's highly annoying, um, and it's supposed to be like soothing to hear people whispering and hear like random noises. And just just so you know, the the noises I was like tapping, I was like tapping on the back of my phone case. Uh, the second one, I had this like bananagram game, where it's like, it's uh, it's like basically Scrabble tiles in a pouch, um, and then that last one, I have this can, this can of uh, jalapeno peppers, and I was shaking it. So that's that's what those noises were. You didn't know that, uh, but <laughs> uh, that's what ASMR is, and it's incredibly annoying, and it's incredibly like disturbing to listen to. And obviously the people that do it, I don't know if you do it professionally or have like actual YouTube or TikTok channels that do it, they have a much higher grade microphone than I do. So it, uh, the sounds obviously pick up far better uh, than what you heard there just now. But that's, that's the gist of it. Pretty awful, right? Next up, we've got Getting Licked by Dogs. This is another one of my submissions. 34% of you said you hated it. 39% indifferent, 27% said you liked it. I don't know what it is about like the sensation of getting licked by a dog. It is, it is, I, I cannot do it. I cannot sit there and let a dog lick me. Even if it's on like my leg or my foot, it feels, it feels disgusting to me. And much less getting, like getting licked on the hands, that's nasty. And then, my gosh, the dregs of humankind, the people, the kind of people that let their dogs lick them in the face. Ugh. How do you do that? That's so nasty. And it's not even, to me, it's not even the fact that dogs will like eat their own poop and then lick you. Like, yeah, that is, that's gross. But just the sensation like the warm, wet, fleshy sensation of a dog's tongue making contact with your skin, that is gross, no matter where it is. Face, hands, feet, legs, arms, it's nasty. And I don't, I don't understand people. Like, even if you love your dog, I understand loving your dog. I get that. But letting your dog lick you, like, oh, that's, that's just a sensation that I can't get down with that. I cannot, cannot like it, cannot even allow it to happen. Um, it's gross. And then, so we talked about people that let their dogs lick them in the face. And then you've got the people that let their dogs lick them like on the mouth. And that's disgusting. Like, I don't care who you are. You know what your dog, you know what else your dog has been licking? Its own rectum. <laughs> that's gross you don't know what your dog's been eating um i'm just gonna leave it there because i hate thinking about it next up we've got church people saying mm, yes or so good i get this uh as i've you know i've never been like the pastor of a church but i have preached in a number of church services and i like i understand it's cultural so depending on like what denomination you come from or even like cultural ethnic background you come from, it's either normal or abnormal to, for people to like say yes or amen or so good during a sermon. 
Um, but when it happens to me, you know, I'm, I'm the Baptist world, so we're very quiet. <laughs> we're very quiet during our sermons. So when I'm, if I'm preaching and someone says yes or amen, like it genuinely throws me off. Like what? Like somebody just talked during this? Um, not that it like insults me or I'm offended by it, but it just, it just throws me off because it's unexpected. So um, I would say overall, I, I, uh, hate's a strong word, but I'll just say hate. Uh, because it's just it's just not what I'm used to. Thirty-five percent of you said you hated it. Fifty-eight percent of you said you were indifferent, and only seven percent of you said you liked it. So I guess I don't have very many Pentecostals out there voting on this on these polls. Next up, we've got people excessively clicking their pins. Thirty-six percent of you said you hated it. Fifty-six percent indifferent. Eight percent like or love it. I once again I don't understand why more people don't really dislike this uh clicking of a pin is the most annoying sound one of the most annoying sounds known to man especially when somebody's just sitting there clicking their pin just to click it um out of boredom uh it's highly annoying and i can't believe only 36 percent of you just over a third of you say you don't like that because i i didn't submit this one but i i feel it i don't like people uh, clicking their pins either Next up, we've got things that are obviously vegan that are labeled as vegan. I'm talking about like you go to the store and there's something like vegan ketchup. Where I I wasn't expecting it to not be vegan ketchup because ketchup does not typically contain meat or other animal products. You know, it's just it's just cheap marketing or it's the same concept with like gluten-free like gluten-free strawberries like well nobody said like nobody thought there was gluten in these until you said something um actually i don't think i've ever seen an ad for gluten-free strawberries i just i made that up but it it is you know but but vegan things that are labeled vegan for no reason it is really annoying because it's just a marketing ploy it's just them trying to appease their audience and because they say it's it's we got vegan graham crackers you look at the other box and even though they very well may be vegan you're just like well these don't say vegan so i guess they're not so i guess i'll buy the ones that say vegan on them you know it's just it's just cheap marketing uh it works i'm sure or else they wouldn't do it uh but it's annoying and i don't like it um let's see. okay so for the sake of time this has gone on for a while for the sake of time Let's go ahead and save the rest for later. And this is a good stopping point because of all of these things, the majority of the vote was uh, either people like it or they are indifferent towards it. But the rest of the list is actually things that the most people said they hated. So we're going to get into some really bad stuff next week <laughs> on the show. Uh, so we're going to save this for next week. But for now, let's go ahead and transition to the closing. Thanks for listening to the show today. Thanks for making Not a Christian Podcast a part of your weekly routine. I've got a recommendation for you. Uh, my recommendation of the week, we're going back to music this week, and I'm going to recommend an album, but it's something I usually don't do. This is an album that's like nine years old. So it's been out for a while, but I just recently kind of got into Hosier. Um, and if you, if you know Hosier, 
you probably know the song Take Me to Church, and that's actually the album that I'm recommending, the album that that song is on. This was Hozier's first album, so it's just named Hozier. It's H-O-Z-I-E-R. Um, and Take Me to Church, like, I can take it or leave it. It's fine. And and here's the thing. This recommendation, like I said, it's been out for nine years, and I'm looking at the Spotify numbers right now. You know, Take Me to Church has two billion streams. There are other songs with you know, 400 million streams, 200 million streams, you know, tens of millions of streams for every song on this album. So it's not like I'm telling you something that's brand new or something you don't know. But my impression of Hosier was always just take me to church. And I'm like, ah, it's not bad, but it's not great either. But there are some other songs on this album, like Someone New and a song called Jackie and Wilson. These, like, these are amazing songs. Like the backing vocals to those two songs are like give me chills um so if you are just you just want some good music go check out hosier's debut album and i haven't really checked out his other stuff yet and i'm sure it's pretty good too uh he's only released two albums one in 2014 and then one in 2019 and he's got one coming out this year so I'm, I'm looking forward to that check out hosier if you've never done so before um you've probably heard of him but probably never heard of anything other than uh, take me to church and I think he's got some some good stuff uh, to offer besides that so that is my recommendation of the week and before we go let me just encourage you to submit a bracket for the not a Christian podcast summer tournament worst song ever edition and the brackets not out yet so you can't do that just yet but as far as timetable goes uh, so today's Friday and I think tomorrow there's there's qualifier voting going on. So if you get to it soon enough, um, you can still vote on that. Five people who fill that out and get a sticker. Just go to the link in my social media and you'll see the qualifier voting there. And if it's gone, that's because it's too late. Sorry. Uh, but but I think the timetable is by Sunday I'm going to have the bracket, like all the, all the songs decided on, not necessarily seating. And then hopefully... On Monday, this upcoming Monday, which is June the 5th, the bracket is going to be revealed um, because there has to be some some 16 seed voting. So I'm hoping to do that Sunday night. And then Monday night, we can we can reveal the whole bracket and say this is what it's going to be. And since it's summer, you know, we've got we've got a little bit more time. I'll probably give like three or four weeks for you to fill out a bracket. Uh, and then early in early in July, probably we will start voting to determine the worst song of all time. Really looking forward to this tournament. It's going to be a fun one. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Not A Christian Podcast. For now, that's all the evangelical filth I've got for you. That's a wrap and that's a frat snap. Next time, I promise, I'll do just a little bit better.